We're going to talk about our health battle. Um, it's a battle. Uh, the enemy is after our health. He's after our mind, as you know. And so we're going to talk about that and our role in that tonight. We're going to start off with, is it spiritual or is it natural? Um, and I believe that it's both. When it comes to the area of our health and what we are fighting for, there is a spiritual side. And most of the time, the spiritual part of it is where you can find the root cause of anything that we go through. Um, you know, I, I, get, I did an awesome interview with uh, Chanel Stewart. She actually runs a Christian counseling service in this area. And I did a, a talk with her today on Facebook. If you get a chance to listen to it, it's really incredible. It's a great, I love talking to her. It was just a good time. But we mentioned some of the natural and the spiritual side of things. A lot of times... Um, we want to always just lean it in one or the other direction. God's plan for us is that we would be in health, would we be in good health, that our soul will prosper even as we prosper. Um, Jeremiah 29, 11, it makes it very clear that, that God's plan for us is full of peace. It's a plan for hope and a future. Um, and But we also know that the enemy's plan is to take away our health. And we're going to look at why in, in a little bit. But a lot of times we either want to pick if it's a spiritual issue or if it's a natural issue, and it's both. What do I mean by the spiritual issue? Uh, for me, it was fear. You know, fear was really at the root of everything that I was experiencing. And I think fear is probably the number one root of most of the things that we deal with when it comes to the issue of health. But there's also a natural side. And for myself, the natural side was that I did not take care of my, my temple. I was eating things that, you know, tasted amazing. You know, um, and <laughs> I love the butters and the creams and all those wonderful things. Um, but it was a part of my everyday uh, uh, journey, really, and my everyday eating. And then, of course, I was eating out, which... Because I like to cook, eating out wasn't as fun, so that was great, but I was still eating all this unhealthy stuff at the house, even though I was making it. And But when you look at, so why was I eating that way? There's a reason. And the reasons why we do certain things that we do are normally attached to something spiritual. And it's very important to, to understand that. So for me, I was an emotional eater. For me, I... I would, I told my husband this at, along the journey of my healing, I realized that food was really, um, it controlled, it was, it was the thing that I don't want to say a glutton, but I mean, it, it was really becoming an idol for me. Uh, I would, if I was down, I would eat. If I was up, I would eat and not just eating, but then it was the creating. I love to cook. So if I was down, I would find a recipe. I would tweak it. I would cook. It made me happy. And it's like, there's nothing wrong with that. But if it's the thing that I go to before God, or if it's the thing that I know I can lean on. And so it's like, okay, well, why was that? When the real, the root issue of it was maybe there was some rejection. There was some fear. There was, there might be different things. And so we have to understand that our health battle is a spiritual and it's a natural battle. The hard truth, though, and I'm going to have a few hard truths today. And I, let me just preface this by saying y'all hang in there with me today. I'm going to really challenge our thinking today. I'm just going to go ahead and put it out there. I'm going to challenge your thinking. I'm going to challenge some of the things that you have heard. 
Um, but if you just let me teach it tonight and you can go study it for yourself, but I, all I do is ask that you at least listen and adhere to what I'm saying. So hard truth, the devil has no power unless we empower him. That is a hard truth. Now, it, why is it, it may not be a hard truth for you, but for me, it was a hard truth because I went to a lot of churches that really magnified the devil and I was around a lot of people who magnified the devil. And so um, when you magnify anything that you magnify, you empower. So if, if you are continuously thinking the devil's in this, the devil's in that, you actually are becoming devil conscious and that empowers him. And so we have to learn how to replace uh, that with God's power. God is more powerful than the devil. And, and I put on here another hard truth, sickness conscious empowers sickness. So if everybody, you know, if people come up to you and they're like, you know, how are you doing? And all you do is talk about your sickness. All you do is talk about the pain that you feel, the, the medicine that you're on and all those things. Or even if no one's asking you, but you are constantly thinking about uh, what you're feeling and your soul. And, and, and I get this. It's very hard to not be sickness conscious when you can feel things, but that's where you have to fight and you have to learn, like from last week, learn how to pray and speak to it. But that's, that's the, that's what the enemy wants us to do. Oh, if I can cause this pain, then I can make that person pain conscious. And then what happens? You empower the pain. So poverty conscious, if you are constantly thinking in a mindset of poverty and you're thinking, I don't have enough and I don't have this and I don't have that, that empowers that. Depression is the same, is the same thing. No matter what you magnify in Proverbs uh, 20, 23 and seven, and let's turn there real quick. And I'm going to pull, I'm going to pull scriptures up on my phone tonight because it is a lot faster. Um, but I want us to look at the scripture. We looked at it last week, but it, it is key here. Proverbs 23 and seven. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. So if you are constantly thinking about sickness, then what does the word say? You are going to be sick. If you constantly think about poverty, you are going to you are going to be impoverished. If you are constantly thinking about the devil, then that's who you are going to empower. You're going to empower him. All right, let's go to John 5. I can't wait to get to the meat of this, but I wanted to set some things up first. So I'm going to take my time with that. John 5, and we're going to go to verse 19. And it reads here, um, then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, the son can do nothing of himself, but what he seeth the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. So that's pretty much saying that Jesus only did what the father did. He didn't go off on himself and do his own thing. Verse 20, for the father loveth the son and showeth him all things that himself doeth. And he will show him greater works than these that he that he may marvel. For as the father raises up the dead and quickeneth them, even so the son quickeneth whom he will. For the father judges no man, but hath committed all judgment to the son. Now this is key. That's really important. The father does not judge. He had committed all judgment unto the son. So I know we hear a lot that, you know, God judges, but it says right here, actually God gave the son to judge. All right. That's key. And I'll tell you why in just a minute. Verse 23. So, um, but he commits all judgment unto the son 
that all men should honor the son even as they honor the father. So this is why we got to get the gospel out because it's not just okay to just talk about God. You also have to honor Jesus because he is the way. Even as they honor the father, he that honoreth not the son honoreth not the father which hath sent him. Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Verily, verily, I say unto you, the hour is coming and now is when the dead shall hear the voice of the Son of God and they shall hear and they that hear shall live. For as the Father hath life in himself, so hath he given the Son to have life in himself. Now, this is the verse I want us to look at, verse 27. And hath given him authority to execute judgment also. So we already saw that, right? So God has given Christ authority to execute judgment also because, and this is why, because he is the Son of Man. All right, so why is this key? Well, son of man means it's the physical and it's the humanity of Jesus. And then son of God is deity. So anytime you see that in the scripture, you see son of man, that's talking about the humanity. That's talking about Jesus is fully man. He's fully God. But in this scripture, he hath given him authority to execute judgment also because he is the son of man. The authority that is given to him is only because, not because he's God, but because he is God in flesh. So what am I saying? That God manifests in the flesh, 1 Timothy 3 and 16. Let me go there real quick. Um, 1 Timothy 3, 16. And it says, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God hath manifested in the flesh justified in the spirit so how did he manifest himself in the flesh through jesus and jesus had authority in the earth because of his physical body because of his physical body so our bodies are weapons our bodies are extremely important and this is why the enemy is after getting believers to be sick in their body this is why this is why he attacks believers because believers, and I'm skipping ahead, I'm really trying not to, but believers, because we are in Christ, we also have that authority. I'm not going to skip ahead. Let's go to Genesis 1. I kind of did skip ahead, but I just had to put that out there. Genesis 1 and 26. All the way down. Um, okay. And it says, and God said, look at this. Let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air and over the cattle and over all the earth and over all the earth and over every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. Now, side note, I was talking to my husband about this study yesterday. We were walking with my daughter at the park. And I had uh, through the study because we're going to be looking at spirits in a minute. And I was sharing with them what I had studied about spirits and how it relates to animals. And, you know, I kind of made that comment. And so my husband says, 
Of course, because the spirit got into the snake, you know, the Satan got into the snake. And literally seconds after my husband said this, and he can account because he was there, there was this huge black snake right in front of us. And because of this study, I was standing a lot taller than I normally would have, because normally I would have like ran and like, oh my gosh, but I wouldn't. I was like, oh no, oh no. You know, I'm like, but that is crazy. Like he literally said the spirit, how Satan got into a snake and we walk and boom, it's this I've never seen a snake this big that's not in the zoo. And it was slithering. It was black. Of course, my daughter freaked out. And I'm like, honey, we got dominion over this stuff. Don't worry about it. But and it slithered into the grass. Did it not, Jeff? I mean, it was like, that is crazy. So I just had to share, share that with you. But what is Genesis 1 and 20, 26 telling us? It's telling us that God's original plan was for man to have dominion not over some, but over all. So our physical bodies give us authority over Satan who causes sickness. Now we know now that that's only because of Christ, but looking at Adam, we're gonna look at Adam in a minute in this interaction that he had with Satan, but the original plan was that God wanted us to have dominion over all, all. But we are not walking in that. And so because of Adam, right, what happened? Oh, my gosh, I'm skipping ahead. Let me see. Is that the next thing I'm going to talk about? I'm really trying not to skip ahead, y'all. But let me go back to my notes. Our physical body is what gives us authority on this earth, and our bodies are a weapon against the enemy. He doesn't want us to walk in healing. So we saw that Jesus uh, in, in what we just uh, in John we just read that God gave Jesus judgment because that judgment and that authority can only be given into not the son of God, but the son of man into a physical body. God created it that way from the beginning. That's what he wanted. He wanted us to have this authority. And so we're going to look at um, Mark 5. And then we're going to go back to Genesis because I really want us to go back to the very beginning. Mark 5 and verse 1 through 13. So in the beginning of the gospel of Jesus Christ, the son of God, as it is written in the prophets, behold, I sent my messenger before, before thy face, which shall prepare thy way before thee. And the wait, I don't lost my place. This is why I read out the Bible and not my phone. The voice of the one crying in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make his path straight. John did baptize in the wilderness and preached a baptism of repentance for the remission. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm in the wrong place. I said Mark 5 and I'm reading Mark 1. Y'all can get off mute and tell me um, you reading wrong. <laughs> okay, here we go. I was like, wait a minute. This doesn't sound like where I'm going. Okay, Mark 5. Here we go. Verse 1. And they came on, they came over unto the other side of the sea into the country of the guard, 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 I can't say that word. And when he was, and when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs, a man with an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs and no man could bind him, not, no, not with chains because that he had been often bound with fetters and chains and the chains had been plucked 
asunder by him and the fetters broke in pieces. So it's just talking about how strong the spirit is. Neither could any man tame him. And always night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying and cutting himself with stones. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him and cried with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with thee? Jesus, thy son of the most high God, I adjure thee by God that thou torment me not. Now look at that. This is a spirit and we know, obviously, he's worshiping, this spirit is worshiping Jesus, okay? And, and we know because Jesus is Jesus. Verse eight, for he said unto him, come out of the man, thou unclean spirit. And he asked him, what is thy name? And he answered saying, my name is Legion, for we are many. And he besought him much that he would not send them away out of the country. Now there was now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. So the swine, what is that? That's a physical body. Now it's not a human, but it is a body. And all the devils besought him saying, send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave and the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. They were about 2000 and were choked in the sea. So what are we looking at here? The point I'm trying to make now that I can find, I wanted to get to this scripture so I can finally make my point. A spirit needs a body. A spirit needs a body. Satan needs a body. He cannot attack you through a piece of paper, not through a car, not through a whatever. He needs a body. And guess who else needs a body? The spirit of God needs a body. And that's where we come in. But again, I'm moving forward. So I, that was the scripture that I was showing my daughter, a, a disembodied spirit has no power except to deceive you and to get into your thoughts, your mind. Now, why is this important as it pertains to our health? Because we are, we are the, the dwelling place of the Holy Spirit. And so the enemy spirit can't dwell here. When we have Christ, he can't mess with us. So the only thing that he can do is what does the note say? deceive you he can deceive you he can get into your thoughts he can get into your mind and i learned this today from my interview with chanel that that your mind and your brain are separate so it starts with your mind what you think and your mind controls your brain and then from there is your actions which i knew that part but the enemy cannot do anything to you unless you empower him unless you give him permission this is a great example of how they asked Jesus, please don't send us out in the country. Just put us in a body. They wanted to go in something because that's the only way they're empowered. That's the only way they're empowered to operate here on the earth. Let's go to first Timothy. Oh my gosh. That was, I hope I'm explaining it the way I, I, I got that revelation. Cause that is huge. Um, let's go to first Timothy four and verse one through three. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, listen to this, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits, giving heed. So the spirits are speaking and they give heed to it. 
So give heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils, speaking lies and hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with an hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from meat, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. So this right here is saying that even, even those in the latter days, the spirit, what does it do? It, it makes suggestions. We have to heed and yield to allow Satan to have any power in our lives because he can't come and possess us because we are already possessed in Christ. We, and I don't know how to use that word possessed, but we are enslaved to Christ. We have the power of the Holy Spirit living, dwelling on the inside of us. So the only way that Satan has an inroad into us is if we yield or we take heed to his suggestion. Oh my gosh, that's so good. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians 2. I got some good, these are good scriptures, y'all. These are really, really good scriptures. 1 Corinthians 2, starting at verse 12. I hope I'm not going too fast now that I'm not flipping through pages here. I still like reading out my Bible though. My eyes, I can, this, anyway. Okay, verse 12. Now we have received not the spirit of the world. So this is Paul. He's talking about believers. So we have not received the spirit of the world, but the spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God. Pause. What things are freely given to us from God? Well, I think we talked about it either in this study or before we did that. But what has freely been given to us is healing. Healing has been freely given to us and it's what God wants us to have. So verse 13, which things also we speak, not in the words which man's wisdom teaches, but which the Holy Ghost teaches, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. But the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God, for they are foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them because they are spiritually discerned. Woo. So that right there, we also have to heed and yield to the spirit of God for God to move in power in our lives. So we have the power of the Holy Spirit living in us. But if we are not praying, if we are not heeding, if we are not listening or seeking God's words and what the Holy Spirit wants us to do, then we actually can't move in power. OK, so it's really the same thing. And this is why. It's so important that we can't give up on our healing because God has made it very clear from study number two, study number three, and today that healing is our portion. It's what God wants us to have. And so now that we know that, then we should no longer lean in or heed to the voice of the enemy that tells us anything otherwise. All right, let's go to Matthew 28. I didn't realize I had so many scriptures, but oh well, this is a Bible study. Matthew 28 and verse, let's start at verse 18. And Jesus came and spoke unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. I want us to focus on verse 18. All power is given unto me in heaven and earth. So now that the power was given to Jesus, and we're going to see a little bit later, we are now joint heirs with him. So we now have natural and supernatural authority. So what does that mean? Speak to the mountain. 
speak to the mountain. We talked about this last week. Jesus gave such an example in, in Mark about how to speak to our mountains. This is the authority that we have. So if we're going to talk about the law of faith coming up, we have to understand our authority first. We have to understand where this authority comes from. We have to understand why we have this authority and we have to be able to speak to our mountains. So what we have and why we have it. Let's go to Acts 1. Acts 1 verse 8. And I'm, I'm trying to get to, I want us to get back to Genesis because this is going to be so good. Acts 1 verse 8. But ye shall receive power. After that, the Holy Ghost is come upon you and ye shall be witnesses unto me, both in Jerusalem and in Judea and in Samaria and unto the uttermost parts of the earth. So now we have power. So we understand where our authority comes from. It comes from Christ. But now we also have power because it comes from the Holy Spirit. In Acts 10, uh, Acts 10, verse 1 through 6. And there was a certain man called Cornelius, a centurion of the band called the Italian band, a devout man, and one that feared God with all his house, which gave much alms to the people and prayed to God always. He saw in a vision evidently about the ninth hour of the day, an angel of God coming in to him and saying unto him, Cornelius. So this was an angel coming to him. And when he looked upon him, he was afraid and says, what is it, Lord? And he said unto him, thy prayers and thy alms are come up for a memorial before God. And now send me to Joppa, send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. He lodges with one Simon, a tanner, whose house is by the sea side. He shall tell thee what thou ought to do. Okay, I wanted to show you this because this is an angel. An angel has power, but an angel does not have authority. Why is this important? Because it's really important for us to understand where our authority lies and how much that entails. And then let's go down to verse 42. Uh, let's see, verse 42, and it says, And he commanded us to preach unto the people and testify that it is he which had ordained of God to be the judge and quick of the dead. Okay, so again, he had commanded us to preach unto the people. So look at this. Earlier in the chapter, the angel came to Cornelius. Why didn't the angel just tell the tell Cornelius about the gospel? It, it was because he was not a, he was not given the authority to teach the gospel, to preach the gospel, the authority to preach healing, the authority to preach salvation, the authority to lay hands on the sick, the authority to cast out devils was given to us through Jesus Christ. We have that authority. Now, angels are powerful. They have power. They have power. I mean, all through the Bible, we see that angels have significant power, but they were not given the authority to preach the gospel here on the earth. That authority was given to you and I. God wants us to do the work here on the earth. He wants us to tell people about Jesus. He wants us to heal the sick and to lay hands and to raise the dead. He wants us to cast out spirits. Now, I know, I know in this culture, in this day and age, that's kind of unheard of. And you don't really see a lot of manifestations. 
But that doesn't mean that it cannot happen. A lot of times it doesn't happen because we don't understand our authority. A lot of times it doesn't happen because we have so much unbelief, because there's been so much theology that has been wrong, but it's very clear. And I love this. I love the story of when the angel came to Cornelius and then he, what, what did he have to do? He had to go, the angel told him, go find Peter. Why? Because Peter, like ourselves, are given the authority to, to lead people to Jesus, to teach the gospel, to get people to understand the salvation, to, to heal. The angel was not given that authority. All right, Matthew 9, Matthew 9 and 38. Uh, let me see here. And it says, pray ye therefore the Lord of the harvest that he will send forth laborers into his harvest. I wanted, I wanted us to see this scripture because a lot of times I've heard, uh, and you, we all hear, you know, I'm going to pray that somebody gets saved. I'm going to pray that somebody gets saved. Our prayer should be that unto the Lord, that he will send forth laborers into the harvest. But we have to open our mouths and share the word of God for that to happen. Why? Because we are given that authority. Now, you may be wondering, what does this have to do with healing? Because understand, salvation, sozo, it includes healing. It includes prosperity. It includes provision. It includes joy. It includes peace. There is so much that is included in this word salvation. And so if we are to go out and to teach the gospel, if we are to go out and to have people receive the salvation in Jesus Christ, we need to be walking in it as well. And so if I have the authority to teach it, I also have the authority to live it. Oh my gosh. And that is so important. It is not enough to just for me to tell you that you could be healed. Boo, I need to be healed too. And I need to receive the healing that has been made available to me. And this is why it's not okay to just say, oh, I pray because we can be praying as a God heal me. And God's like, and I think I actually have this in my notes. God's like, I've already done it. I've given you the authority now to receive it. I've given you the authority now to go and lay hands on others. And I don't know about you, but I, and I've said this before, but I refuse to live the rest of my life not living in the promises of God. I refuse to not be living in my portion, in my inheritance. Okay, let me show you something else. First Peter, first Peter 1 and 23. Uh, and it says, Born, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. I wanted to pull this scripture because it makes it very clear that we are born again. People are saved by what? By the word of God. And the word of God is preached through who? Through who? Humans. It's preached through us. It's not through angels. It's not through... I don't know, a dog, you know, it's, it's through us humans. Okay. One more scripture just to show you this, because I want to drill this in because a lot of times we're looking for God who is, who was spirit, who made, who, who became a man, Jesus, but Jesus, he did it. He finished it. And what happened? He left us to do our part. So we tend to pray to God. God is spirit. The Bible says that we're actually going to look at that scripture in a minute. God is spirit. And so how does God move on this earth? He moves on this earth through us. 
through us. So we're praying and asking God, save this person, asking God, heal, uh, heal this person, do this. And it's like, God's like, I gave that authority and I gave you power to do it. Okay, what did I say? First Corinthians 1 and first Corinthians 1 and 21. I tell you, if you guys get this and grasp it and start walking in it, it's going to be a game changer. Um, verse 21, for after that in the wisdom, am I in the right place? Okay. For after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believed. So again, people get saved by the word of God and the word of God that is taught and that is uh, that is preached through us, through a human body. That's the authority that we have. Okay, so now we're going to look at this. What does Satan have? I'm so ready to get into this part because I'm ready to just pull down some lies. Satan had delegated power and authority. Satan was an angel. So they only had delegated power and authority. God gave man authority over the earth that the angels can't have. Where did I get that from? Well, let's go to Hebrews 1 and 14. And this is going to show you exactly what the job of the angels are. The last scripture in Hebrews 1. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for them who shall be heirs of salvation? We, that's us. So they are ministering spirits. They're here to minister to us. And their their ministry also, uh, it also pertains protection. You know, we always talk about how angels, I have angels protecting me. That's their job. So the enemy, Satan, he was an angel and he was only getting, he was only given delegated power. But we know, and if you haven't known, you can study this yourself, but Satan wanted to be like God. There is a whole passage of scripture uh, I want to say it's in Isaiah where he's pretty much comparing himself to God. He wanted to be God. He wanted to have all the power and all the authority. And so what happened is God gave the authority to man and Satan did not like that. He did not like that. Remember, we read in Genesis 1 verse 26 that he gave dominion. That word dominion means rulership over the earth. He gave man rulership over the earth and the devil did not like that because he's like, he wanted it. He thought he was prideful. He wanted all that. And so when God gave it to man, it caused jealousy and he was slithering and conniving and he was, he wanted to get that authority. Let's go to Psalms 115 verse 16. Let's see here. Verse 16. All right. It says the heaven, even the heavens are the Lord's, but the earth hath he given to the children of men. We are that. We are that. <laughs> we are children of men. So what is it saying? The earth he gave to us. He gave that to us. That's where. So we should be walking children of God. Okay, children of God, we should be walking around this earth like royalty. We should be having authority and speaking things that we know are our portion and commanding things to go and casting mountains into the sea and being in such alignment with God that we pray and we receive because he says that, right? 
That's the authority that we should have. So when sickness tries to knock on your door, we need to remember, uh, first of all, you ain't my portion. I, sickness is not my portion. Healing is my portion. I'm going to walk in this authority that I have been given here on this earth because we know sickness is not in heaven. It is not in heaven. It's not a part of heaven. Sickness is only something that came about when Adam gave up his authority. Okay. Adam had unrestricted authority on the earth, in, in the area of the earth, right? And, but he only, well, let me take that back. Adam had unrestricted authority only in, but only in one area he didn't, I guess is what I'm saying, in one area, but one, right? And that was the tree. Okay, I've been waiting to get here. Let's go back to Genesis and we're gonna start at Genesis 2 and verse 15. I know most of us have read this, but I really want us to look at this as it pertains to the area of our authority. Genesis 2 verse 15. And the Lord God took the man, put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil Thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eateth thereof, thou shalt surely die. So he gave him everything on the earth except for this tree. Okay, we know that. Now let's go on over to Genesis 3 and verse 1. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. Now, pause here. We still, now we know though, Adam still had authority over the serpent. No matter how conniving he was, Adam still had authority over him. All right. And he said unto the woman, yea, hath God said, ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden. So he went to Eve. And the woman said unto the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the tree of the, wait, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, ye shall not surely die, for God, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and he shall be, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eye and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband with her and he did eat. All right. So what it, I know y'all heard this, but the enemy saw Adam's authority and he used the woman. He used Eve to cause him to yield. Now, that happens in our lives. Adam had God's breath breathed into him, right? Because we now know an, an embodied spirit needs a body. God breathed his breath into Adam. Adam had God's presence inside of him. So the, so the enemy had to go through and 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 he did and he did too let's let's not leave the woman out okay but the enemy couldn't get into them so what did he do he put him he put his spirit in a snake and he didn't suggest to adam 
he suggested to Eve, and then Eve suggested to Adam to eat the fruit. Now, when I look at my life, and I know when we look at our lives, we have to be aware uh, if someone around us is being used by the enemy. And the reality is we all can, okay? Like we all can be used by, I mean, this is Adam and Eve. They were like personally handpicked by God to be the first people on earth. You know, uh, Adam was created by God in his hands and then he took the bone out of Adam created. I mean, right? You would think, oh my gosh, these are wonderful, awesome people that were created by God. And yet, and yet the enemy, what did he do? He suggested he had her to heed, to yield to what he was saying. And then what did he do? What did she do? She suggested it to Adam. And so what did Adam do? Adam gave up his authority. The authority was then given to Satan, who it says in the word that he is the God of this earth. He ain't the God of heaven. He was the God of this earth. He roams around like a roaring lion seeking whom he can devour. And he has other people now that, you know, because the reality is all, all humans have the ability, and I'm saying ability, right? All humans have the ability to trample on the serpent, but not all humans do it because you have to make a choice. You have to choose to follow Christ. And Christ is the only thing that gives you this power and ability to not be seduced by that spirit. But even then, we still have to yield to Christ and yield to the spirit of God, because if we don't, we're going to have a, a close friend, a relationship or somebody who's not trying to not trying. And it, oh my gosh, I'm about to get on a soapbox, y'all. I'm not going to stay on there long. But this is why this bothers me. Most people aren't trying to destroy you. They're being used by the enemy. And, and sometimes they don't even know it. Sometimes they don't even know it. I'm pretty sure Eve was not like, oh, I'm ready to destroy the earth. So let me tell my husband to eat this fruit. She was deceived. She thought, well, this is good. I need this. And, and I, think, I think this is a great idea. She leaned into the enemy and didn't even know it was the enemy. And then that's what caused Adam to give up his authority. And so when you hear a lot of teaching that tries to make you look at another human as like, you know, they're trying to destroy you and all that, please don't fall. That's going to cause offense. And what that's going to do is that's going to open you up. And especially if you are walking in your healing, you don't need no more doors open to the enemy suggesting you to be offended by somebody. Just no, don't do that. Pray for that person. Pray that, okay, I see the enemy that person yielded to the enemy. And do we look at them and say, mm, that's a shame. She yielded to the, see, I knew she, no, because at any time, at any time, we can be off our game. We cannot be reading our word. We can be looking at something and we can always, at any time, if we're not careful, we can always yield and heed to the voice of the enemy at any time. So that's why we have to continue to renew our minds. We have to continue to be in the word. And we can't think that we are better than anybody because you really, sometimes you don't even know you're being used. And this is why the relationship with God is important because the Holy Spirit intercedes on our behalf. 
and the Holy Spirit guards us and and the Holy Spirit tells us, uh uh, mm -mm, that ain't me. That nope, that ain't me. That ain't my voice. That ain't what I'm saying. Or no, don't think that way about that person. That's not my heart. That's the enemy. Don't listen to that. Don't get offended by that. Don't take that personal. All of those, because that's what I call inroads. When we lean into those suggestions of, of pride or offense or bitterness, what is that doing? That's giving the enemy, that's pretty much saying, come on, devil, come on in, right? And you don't need to be dealing with him while you rebuking your, your sickness, while you telling that thing, you telling that mountain to go. You don't need any of that, all right? But that's what happened. So they were there. And Satan didn't go straight to Adam. And as we read, as we continue to read, it was when Adam ate the fruit that the eyes were open, not Eve. It was Adam because Adam was the one that got the instruction. And I know that the enemy knew that Adam's relationship with God was so solid. So what did he do? He went to another relationship that Adam trusted and said, I'm going to tell her I'm going to suggest to her and I'm going to do it in a way that doesn't look like it's deceiving God. And it doesn't look like, you know, that's that, you know, whatever, just making it look all pretty. And then that's how it happened. Let's go to Romans six. And um, I see my sister, Ladina on the line. Hi, Ladina. All right. Um, hey, Tia. Hey, you feeling better? I am. I am. I'm not 100%, but I'm so much better. You you are 100%. It's going to manifest. You are. Good. I'm glad. I'm, I am. Speak life. I am 100%. Amen. It's just manifesting itself. That's yeah. right. That's right. <laughs> All right. Romans 6 and 16. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey. Look at this. His servants ye are to whom ye obey whether of sin or death or of obedience or righteousness. So what is this saying? Whatever, whatever spirit you yield yourself to, whatever. So if it's God or if it's Satan, whatever you yield yourself to, it starts with yielding. If I yield myself to it, then what's going to happen? You're going to eventually obey it. And that's why I tell you, my, and, and I'm, I'm skipping, we're going to read the scripture. I'm not going to say the scripture because we're going to read in a minute. But if you don't know, if you don't know that yielding leads to an action, then you get in trouble. And so Satan takes authority only by when it's yielded to him. It starts with yielding. And then once you yield it to him, when you yield your authority, then you'll start obeying him. That's what the scripture says. And I know sometimes we think, no, that I'm strong in the Lord, but Romans 6 and 16 makes it very clear that that to whom ye yield yourself servants to obey. His servants ye are to whom you will obey. So you're going to obey. And whether it be sin and whether it be uh, whether it be uh, godliness, righteousness or sin. And this made me think about Jacob and Esau. And we're not going to look at the story, but I wanted to bring that up because the same thing that happened uh, in, with Adam and Eve, it happened with Jacob and Esau. Jacob wanted this birthright. And Esau, what did he do? He gave up his authority. He had the birthright, but he gave it up. For what? For a bowl of soup. For a bowl of soup. And we have to, and why? Because I don't think, and I don't know, I haven't studied it like fully, but I believe that Esau gave up the birthright because he did not understand the value of it. And so when we don't understand the value of our authority, 
then we will be like Romans 6 and 16. We will start to yield to other things. And this is why it's important to know the character of our God. This is why it's important to have that relationship and to allow the Holy Spirit to reveal to you the true character of God. Because if you don't know the true character of God, you yield to something thinking it's God and it is not God. And then the next thing you know, you're looking at your life like, well, where's all this chaos coming from? Or like for myself, where's all this sickness coming from? Where did this anxiety come from? Where did, because I yielded myself to fear. And what happened? Then my body started to obey that fear. I didn't want to, but I didn't understand the authority that I had. And it wasn't until I started to understand my authority and understand the character of my God and understand that this is not his portion and this is not how he teaches me and this is not how he loves me. And when I really started to own that and learn that and really focus on his love, it that is when I started yielding to the spirit of God and having that authority, walking in that authority and casting out that fear, casting out that sickness, casting out the inflammation, casting out the headaches, casting out the depression, casting out the anxiety, my husband, casting out the allergies and the sinuses. And we started casting those things out because we did what Romans 6, 6 and 16 said, but we chose to yield to God. Oh my gosh, that is so important. So God's spiritual laws. Now, this is the thing that might pop up in your head and I wanted to address it. Why didn't God fix it right away? So after the fall, right? After Adam, so we saw he gave up his authority. He had authority and dominion on the earth. He gave it up for food. Like Esau gave it up for food because they clearly did not understand the value of it, right? And so once that fall happened and sin came into the earth, now, keep in mind, the law was not established yet, but sin came into the earth. The law didn't get established until 2000 years later because people was acting like they had no sense and there was no punishment at the time for the law. So but why didn't God fix it? He knew that it was going to be messed up and he knew what Adam did. Why did he just, I don't know, start all over? Why didn't he just change it and fix it? Well, Psalms 89 and 34, I love, 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 love. This is my answer to all these type of questions. Um, let's go there, Psalms 89 and 34. This is key, right? This is the, the spiritual laws that God put in place. We talked about this the past two um, lessons. What does he say? My covenant will I not break nor alter the thing that is gone out of my lips. He's not going to change his mind. So what, is, what does that mean? He said in Genesis that I'm going to make man into my image and I'm going to give him dominion on the earth. What? So what does that look like? So God, and, and this is a hard truth I want to put out here. God keeps his rule and will not break it. Spirits have to have a body to operate. Good and bad news. <laughs> That's good and bad news, right? He made that rule at the beginning that he was going to give authority on the earth to man. He has the power, right? And he gave us the authority. And so if he would have went and changed that, then he would have went against his word. And we don't want a God that goes up against his word. We should actually rejoice that his covenant, he will not break. So when he says it's done, it's done. When he says we're healed, we're healed. When he says we have authority, we have authority. Like, that's it. But 
because the authority was given up. Oh, so now what happens, right? It's like, so God is like, what did he do? He's God and he's all powerful. And so he put a plan in place. Thank you, Jesus, right? Literally, thank you, Jesus. Ephesians 6 and 11, this is a key. This is a key here. Ephesians 6 and 11, very important to remember this. I know you might have heard it before. Put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Okay, now this is key. Satan cannot do anything unless you empower him, right? Empower him through words or actions. So even though at that time, uh, Adam gave up his authority, now Satan is ruling the earth with his, his sin and with his lies and with his deceits. Now us as believers, Satan can't empower us he can't do anything to us and Satan can't do anything unless we empower him through what? Through words or actions. And it says right here. So we have to put on the full armor of God that we may be able to stand against the wiles and the, the deceit and the suggestion. And, and the only way that we guard that is by watching what we say and watching how we act. Because he is empowered by our words. And we talked about that. That's actually a law of faith. You know, whatsoever. Uh, uh, no, life and death is in the power of the tongue. So if you say certain things that empower the enemy, you are giving him inroad into your life. If you act like uh, you're if you act like you're sick, you're giving him inroads into your life. If you say that you're sick, if you say that you're broke, if you say you are giving him inroad into your life, if you act like if you're defeated, if you act like a failure, if you act like you're not beautiful, you are giving him inroads into your life. And so God didn't fix it because he is a God of order. And that's from 1 Corinthians 14 and 33. And his order was to give dominion to physical humans. That was his order. So. How did God fix it? I know we know that it was through Jesus, but we really, I really want us to look at this here. John 4, I told you we were going to look at this verse. John 4 and 24. And I know what it says, but I'm just going to make sure I read it accurately. God is a spirit. Okay, and we can read the rest. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. That's a whole nother teaching I'll get to another time. But God is a spirit. So now we see God established from the beginning of the earth that he is going to give authority on the earth to a man, to a human body. But God is a spirit. So what did he have to do? God took his spirit and put it in a sinless body. That's what he did. That was his plan. So why did God wait 4,000 years after the fall? Now, this is really, really cool. Let's go back to Genesis. I should have told y'all we were going to go back. I, I apologize. But at least it's easy. You know, you're going to the first book of the Bible. Okay. Genesis 26. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the fowl of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and over the every creeping thing that creepeth upon the earth. So we read that. And so God created man in his own image, in the image of God created he him Male and female created he them. 
And God blessed them and said unto them, be fruitful and multiply, replenish the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea, fowl of the air, every little thing that moveth upon the earth. Okay, now go to Genesis. And, and uh, So God spoke man first. He said, let, there, let us make them. I want to magnify that. He said out of his mouth, let us make them. Then go to Genesis 2 and verse 7. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. So God spoke first, let us create them. Then he naturally created man. What did he do? He took the, he formed the man from the dust and he did the same with Jesus. He spoke, you know what, y'all? I haven't even been looking at my notes. The Holy Spirit just been flowing through me. Oh my gosh, but I wanted to show you this. Give me a second. I didn't even realize that my notes, my notes are sitting right here. Um, uh, 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 okay, I'm just going to keep letting the Holy Spirit flow because I can't find. Oh, here it goes. Right here. Okay, so what, what am I trying to show you? He did the same thing with Jesus. He had to speak Jesus into the earth first, but this is a cool thing. He did it through prophets. He spoke Moses and Noah and Isaiah and, and on and on. He spoke. They spoke about the coming of Christ before Jesus was here. Just like God spoke Adam before he created him. Oh, my gosh. So he had to speak. And then what happened? He had an angel tell Mary what the plan was that was already spoken in the earth. And Mary, what did she do? She submitted to it. Because, you know, he picked her because her heart was pure. Her heart was right. And I believe that he didn't find anybody all that time that, I mean, think about it. We, I mean, y'all read the Bible, right? You're reading, the, you either read the Bible, you're reading the Bible. Old Testament, it was constantly, we want a king. God's not enough. This king did wrong. That king did wrong. The people was worshiping this idol, that idol. I mean, it was so much. So many people that were heeding to the enemy and God needed somebody with a pure heart that was going to hide this in her heart, that was going to say yes to this supernatural act. And it was Mary. It was Mary. And so all these years, though, God was speaking. God was preparing. God was speaking Jesus into the earth and he found one whose womb was worthy enough to receive this child that was that was uh pure enough to receive jesus and so the birth of jesus was a natural birth but the seed of jesus was supernatural jesus is the seed right jesus is the seed so i put it was a natural birth but the seed was supernatural we already read first peter 1 and 23 the word of god is the seed and jesus is the word so that's why it took so long but okay, so he's here. So what happened, right? And I wanted to show you this. Uh, we don't have to go there, but John 1, 14. Actually, no, because I love this verse. I love this verse. Let's go look at it real quick. I know um, it's a pretty popular verse, but to magnify this point, John 1 and 14. And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us. And we beheld his glory, the glory of the only begotten father, full of grace and truth, Jesus Jesus, when Jesus, the word was made flesh, the devil was in trouble. See, the first Adam, you know, he was given this dominion. He was given this rule. 
But because he was not God, if he had God breath in him, but he was not God. So the humanity of him gave up the authority. But Jesus, uh, Jesus is God in the flesh. And so he ain't going to give up this authority. We ain't got to worry about that no longer. It is done. It is finished. It is set in stone. That authority is not going to be taken by the enemy any longer. That right there is something, oh my Lord, that we can rejoice in. So God was now in a physical body and took all authority in heaven, on earth, and in hell back. He did it. And I think we already read that, but let's go to Matthew 28 real quick in 19. Um just so you can see that it's oh, so good. Matthew 28, 19. And it says, go ye therefore teach all the teach all the no, I'm sorry. Verse 18. All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. So when Jesus came, he took back. He already had the power of heaven. He took back the power of earth that was given because God could not go against his word. God said, I'm going to give man authority. But Jesus, he had to become a man. He came. He took the authority. Now all, all of it, heaven, earth, hell, everything is now in Jesus. It's in him. And that we can rejoice. I tell you, that is, oh my gosh, that is so key. Romans 8 and 17 Romans 8 and 17, it says, uh, actually, let me read 16. The spirit itself bear witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If so, be that we suffer with him that we may also glorify together. So what does this mean? Our authority now is shared with Christ and there is no more giving up authority. We are joint heirs with him, right? So we don't have all the heavenly power, okay? We don't have that, but we do, excuse me, have the authority in the earth. We are joint heirs with Christ. We have that authority now. And, and the thing is, so when we go back to what I talked about last week, how to speak, right? The key, and this is why I didn't want to jump into the law of faith yet, because the key is understanding the source of our authority. You have to speak to your mountain, whether it be the head, a headache, whether it be inflammation, whether it be joint pain, whatever it is, endometriosis, uh, liver disease. I don't care what, I don't care what it is, right? I don't care what it is, what the diagnosis is. You have to speak to that thing in the name of Jesus, because if you try to come in yourself, that thing ain't, ain't going to do nothing but look at you laugh and keep doing what it's doing. But when you come in the name of Jesus, you are joint heirs with the one who has all power, and all authority, right? And so when you speak to it, and I said this last week, that thing has to bow. And why is it important to understand the authority before you get to the faith? Because understanding the authority is what's going to help uh, magnify, uh, that's not the word I want, it's gonna help, uh, what's the word, Jeffrey, I'm looking for you. Jeffrey, are you listening? Are you falling asleep? What's the word? It's going to help, um, uh, activate. There it is. Thank you, Jesus. It's going to help activate your faith. 
It's going to help activate it because why? I'm in Christ. I'm joint heirs with Christ. So that activates your faith. And once your faith is activated, oh, boo, there ain't no nothing that can stick around. It cannot stay. And I talked about this last week, but if it's still traces of it, remember our bodies have to recover. Our bodies have to recover. So it's a recovery. The enemy is going to try to make you think. He's going to suggest that, nah, you ain't healed yet. It ain't working. All this other stuff. Why? So that you can give him inroad back into the situation so he can keep you bound. No, you have to know, Mark, uh, what was it, 11 that we read, that you have to believe that when you pray that you have received. All right, I'm not going back to next week, but that's last, I mean, uh, last week. That was so good. Back to my point. So the hard question, why are, and I should have put we, why are we praying and asking God to do something he gave us the authority to do? Now, I, I feel like I'm doing a great job prayerfully, hopefully, you know, showing you that God said, not Tia, not Jeffrey, not anybody else, God said, that he gave dominion to man, right? And then I showed you in scripture that Jesus, that God became flesh, named Jesus, and took the authority back from the enemy so that, and where did he put it? In us. We are joint heirs with him. So you think, and okay, so why is stuff still happening on the earth? It's because not everybody is saved. <laughs> That's why. So the enemy still, you got something to say, babe? Oh, I thought I saw, I thought I saw your hand. Okay. You can jump in at any time, honey. The enemy still is suggesting, and not, not only is he suggesting, what's the scripture that says that the, the spirit leaves and it searches and it comes back seven times stronger? That's for somebody who doesn't, whose house is, that's what it says, whose house is occupied. We are not occupied houses. When we have Christ, there's somebody in here. Wait, am I saying that right? That's vacant. Sorry. Vacant. We yeah. are occupied. Yeah. So I was like, wait a minute. I'm not saying that right. We are occupied. It's looking for a house that's vacant. And what happens? It comes back with seven more spirits. I'm not 100% sure where that scripture is, but you can look it up. Um, and so that's why things are still happening on the earth. And that's why... God gave us the authority to do what? Preach the gospel. Tell people about Jesus. Show them the manifestation of salvation by healing the sick, by laying hands and seeing the dead raised. I know people who have raised people from the dead. Like, I'm like, oh my gosh. I mean, right, Jeffrey? Like, we, it's, it's, it's still happening. <laughs> It's still happening. So why are we praying and asking God to do something that he gave us the authority to do? It's because we don't, we don't believe it. We don't believe it and we don't understand it and we don't study it. And I'm hoping today that at least we're breaking some ground that you walk away like, oh, snaps, you know, because that's kind of what happened to me. It was like, oh, shoot, I'm sitting here you know, afraid to have conversations with people because, you know, they might have a demon. I don't want that demon to, I mean, I'm, listen, I'm just telling y'all this. Some of the stuff that I used to think was just, it was crazy, okay? I, I, 
know. It was just, I don't know. It ain't biblical. It ain't none of that. It's just stuff that, and that's what our minds do. Why? Because we just don't have the truth, right? But when you start learning the truth and you start realizing, wait, I ain't afraid of no devil. He can't do nothing to me. He surely can't come in me. And if I know the heart of my God and I build relationship and know him, then I know the character of God and what I hear. Not that ain't God. Uh, no, no, God ain't going. God ain't putting the sickness on me. God is not putting that sickness on you. And when you know that, then you can have these conversations and your heart is guarded and you can speak truth and you can speak the gospel. OK, um, Mark 16. I hope this is good for y'all because this has been life changing for me. Um, Mark 16, verse 15. And he said unto them, I love, listen, oh my gosh. I put asterisks around this because I love these verses. And he said unto them, go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they, listen, cast out devils, they should speak with new tongues, they shall take up serpents, look at this one, and if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them, and they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Okay, I was like, okay, I know I read that before, but I don't know, this week when I read it, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I mean, even to the point that you can drink something, so, in the end days when, you know, we're kind of experiencing that now, but as viruses and all these other things start to come, you mean to tell me, according to what Jesus said, and Jesus is the word, and the word is truth, and the word is life, that pretty much saying, I don't need to fear anything, and anything that tries to jump on me on this earth, I have the authority to speak against it and tell it to get off me. Right. It's just like somebody trying to hold you. You're like, get off me. Like telling that thing to get off me. The Lord is not healing. He already healed. We have the power over sickness to cast sickness out, not just of ourselves, but onto others. Oh, my God. I mean, that's good. OK, so how to walk in it. James 4. In seven, we talked about this last week. The Bible says we are to resist the devil and he will flee from us, right? So we don't need to ask God to help us fight the devil. We saw today God gave us the authority over the devil. So we resist him. First, actually, the scripture says submit to God, right? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. So we have to submit to God. We have to resist the devil and he will flee. That's how you walk in authority. Authority has been given, right? And it's not to a natural, like what we read that scripture that it's not for a natural man because he can't perceive it. He doesn't have the discernment. So to tell somebody who don't have Jesus, oh girl, just speak to that thing. They're going to speak to it. It ain't going to do nothing. It's, it's going well, to do something, but it ain't going to do what they want it to do because they have no power. This is not for 
every human being is for a born again, but blood bought believer in Jesus Christ. That is who this authority is for because we are joint heirs with him, meaning we have to have a relationship with him. We have to abide in him, right? And we read, and why did I read that scripture in John at the very beginning? Because understanding that, that Jesus is, he, he operates of the father. So to have a relationship with God, you gotta have a relationship with Jesus and vice versa, right? And where we stand, we stand above the devil. We stand above, he's under our feet. He's under our feet. Our, our authority is superior because of Jesus Christ. So that means, and I put in my notes, no fear, no fear. I understand that uh, to get a diagnosis or in my case, to have your mind just like, you know, while out and for your body to just do things or, you know, just all of those things. Our humanity, yes, you hear it. And sometimes it catches you off guard. You know, it's like, what? Or why is this happening? Or, you know, your, your body is going to want to react. This is where your faith has to come in. This is where the word of God has to mean more to you than anything. Because it's going to look like the devil is having his way. And I have to say this. We have to understand that we do play a part, right? It is so important. The, the main thing, uh, Holy Spirit, give me words of how to say this. Uh, I'm just gonna say it. We have to be mature and maturity is taking responsibility. And that's why I started off the study. And sometimes my studies, I start off a little slow, but I can feel when whoop, that thing is kicking in. But we talked about the spiritual and the natural. And so if you are going to continue to blame the devil, and I was not planning on talking about this. So I guess God just wants me to say this. If you're going to keep blaming the devil, you have to understand, and I think this might be in my notes, you have to understand that you are giving him that access. You have to. And that's not a condemnation. It, again, looking at Adam and Eve, it doesn't say, but I just, I believe that, I don't think she was purposely trying to, to destroy the earth. Like, I don't believe that was her heart. If she, you know, if she knew what her actions was going to do, oh my gosh, I just, I just don't believe that, right? And so a lot of times we are doing things that we don't even, we're not even aware that we're giving the enemy these access because sometimes we're so caught up in just, wrong thinking and wrong actions and wrong words. I mean, y'all have heard me. There's been several studies now that I've been slipping and saying my, like that ain't mine. Uh -uh, I ain't receiving that. I had to stop myself. No, it's not my headache. It's not my. So we sometimes get in these uh, patterns and these cycles, but I had to, and I can't tell y'all what to do, but I had to come to a place that I had to take responsibility. I gave the enemy access by by allowing fear to come in. But when you understand that your authority in Christ is superior over him, then step back, look at what am I saying? Who am I blaming? Why am I doing this? And I'm going to take back what Christ has made available to me. I'm going to stop making these decisions to eat certain things. I'm going to stop 
giving into this craving. I'm going to stop speaking this way. You got to own that. You've got to own that. And that is that is maturity. That's spiritual maturity. That's natural maturity. It's maturity. Now that we know what God has, and sometimes, yes, it's the lack of knowledge. Yes, a lot of times it's the lack of knowledge. But the hard truth, fear and doubt attracts the devil and gives him an inroad into your thoughts. So if you are speaking like you're fearful, if you are thinking fearful, if you have doubts, these are things that give the enemy access. Now, does that change overnight? No, it does not change overnight. It does not. But awareness is key. Okay. We must know our authority and power. Hosea 4 and 6, my people perish because of lack of knowledge. And again, I think if Adam, I think if Esau both understood their authority, they wouldn't have given it up so easily for food. I think it's so interesting that it was food, <laughs> you know, because that is the thing that, um, at least for my life, I mean, that just that that pretty much is my story, <laughs> you know, um, because it, it's it's something that we crave and desire, and so we have to know we we perish because we don't understand our authority. So tonight, I think it's clear that we have authority on this earth. He's given that to us. So stop allowing Satan to have his way. And this is not just in the area of healing. This is our healing class. But this is in any area, any area. I mean, Jeff and I are literally looking over our lives and we're like, I told him earlier today, I was like, man, we have given the enemy access in this area for far too long. Did we want to? No, but it was our lack of knowledge. It was the bad teaching. And so now that I understand and we're learning, we're getting knowledge and I'm studying Proverbs. Oh, gosh, I'm like tearing this thing apart because I'm like, Lord, I want wisdom. I'm hungry for it. But understanding wisdom and knowledge and understanding and understanding our authority and understanding how to pray and how to walk this thing out. It just it empowers you and it gives you freedom. That's where true freedom really is. All right. This is our last page of notes. So why do people not walk in authority? Okay, let's talk about this. People don't walk in authority because they're either afraid or it's deceit. Um, 1 Timothy 4 and 10, I like the scripture. Actually, I like all, the, all these scriptures, but 1 Timothy 1. Now the spirit, we, I read this again, but I'm gonna read this again. Now the spirit speaketh expressly that in the latter times, some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of the devil. So we talked about that. People don't walk in authority because why? They, they give heed, they yield to seducing spirits. We know that's the spirit of the devil. He's a liar. He's the father of lies, right? To doctrines of the devil. What are doctrines of the devil? Doctrines that keep you bound to the law, right? That says you got to prove and that you got to earn. Those are doctrines of the devil. That is not the doctrine of God. That is not the gospel of grace and truth. So keeping that in mind, speaking lies of hypocrisy, we know that because he's a father of lies, having their conscience seared with hot iron, forbidding to marry. So certain religions that may forbid people to marry um, and commanding to abstain from meats. I got my own little opinion on that. I'm going to keep reading, which God has created to receive the thanksgiving of them, which believe and know the truth. Um, and so he's pretty much saying the, the lies, the hypocrisy, the doctrines of the devil to not marry, to not do this, to not do that. Those are, that's law. That's law. And God is saying 
that he came and he wants us to receive all the things that he's created with thanksgiving for those who believe and know the truth. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if he received with thanksgiving, for it is sanctified by the word of God and prayer. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, so if we go out and we teach these things, if we walk in our authority is what it's saying, right? If we as believers go out, what? Heal the sick, cast out demons, preach the gospel. If we remember these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished up in the words of faith and of good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained, but refuse profane and old wide fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. For bodily exercise profited little, but godliness is profitable unto all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. This is a faithful saying and worthy of all exception. For therefore we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the savior of all men, especially of those who believe. So reading this, we know one reason we don't walk because of deception of the devil. The other is because we are afraid of rejection. We're afraid that uh, that our authority won't work. Fear of rejection and deceit of knowledge keeps us from exercising our authority. And it says right here, yes, bodily exercise, it profited little, right? Yeah, I think most of us agree. But godly exercise, oh my gosh, it's it's a, it makes us good ministers. That God wants us to do that, but it's something that we have to exercise. We have to exercise our authority. You can't get off of here and say, okay, now I'm gonna I'm gonna walk in this authority and expect to see things happen. You know, it, well, things might happen right away. I'm not gonna speak that, but it might, it's something that we have to grow into. Remember, we command our healing by our joint authority with Christ, not on our own. So we really gotta work on this relationship first. We really have to know what this authority means. We really have to sit and ponder. I mean, sometimes I just sit and I think about healing that's made available to me. And it, it oh gosh, it grasps my heart so, so strong because I'm like, even thinking about this authority and, and healing, God, you made healing available to me through Jesus Christ. You really love me. And when you really just sit for a minute and you think about that, you think about what God did, he said, He's not going against his word, but did he just leave it at that? No, he had another plan in mind. One that the enemy thought he had, right? He thought, oh, I'm gonna kill Jesus, it's done. I don't want again, ah, authority's still mine. No, wrong, you know what I mean? Like God was so intentional. And why did he do it? Because he loves us. He didn't want us to be here on this earth, not being able to live in the goodness that he has provided for us. So when we stop and we think and we take those moments and focus on these things, it really uh, gets us in this relationship. What does it say? Abide in my love and I will abide in you. And I'm paraphrasing it, it's in John 15. But when we abide in this love, right? And we get full of God, then we can really start walking in this authority that he has given us to walk in. Oh my gosh, that's so good. So we go from asking, Lord, please heal me 
And then we learn, wait a minute, I'm already healed and healing is my portion. So then it goes to, I believe I'm healed. I'm healed. And then it goes to thanking God, thank you that I'm healed. I'm healed. So authority, and this is what I was saying earlier, it carries responsibility. And that causes fear. Because now that we know that, uh-oh, <laughs> God has given me this authority, then I can no longer say, well, I'm waiting on God. No, we can't say that now. Because God's like, I'm actually waiting on you. I gave you the authority. We can't say, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm hoping that this and that, I'm hoping, waiting, wait a minute. He gave us the authority on the earth. Now, you still do have to pray. And you still have to ask the Holy Spirit where and how he wants us to maneuver. But if he's speaking and you still waiting, then that's on you. That's on me. That's on us. We're not carrying this responsibility well. But with authority comes responsibility and that causes fear. So the hard truth, this is a hard truth, y'all, okay? If we don't get healed, it's because we either give up or we doubt our authority or we have guilt or we have fear. And that's that's a hard truth. It's a hard truth. But if you have already spoke to your mountain, whatever it is, if you spoke to it and you're standing in it and you're walking in this authority, you're going to see your healing. I am extremely confident in that because the word of God is life and it's true and it's real and it does not fail. And you can know that. But if you don't receive your healing, then it's because you gave up, you got tired, you know, it's like, don't get weary and well-doing. Why does the Bible tell us to do that? Because we have the ability to get weary. We have that ability. So he says, don't get weary and well-doing. So don't get weary, don't give up. Don't doubt, don't doubt our authority. Don't doubt Jesus and the authority that we have in him. Why? Because Jesus himself marveled at people's unbelief. He couldn't even do miracles. He couldn't even do miracles in a certain town because of their unbelief. So if you have doubt, then your healing is not going to come forth. It's just not. You have it, right? It's, we talked about this. It's always, you talk about, but your healing is there. But if you have, you know, seeds or big clumps of ice in your straw, it ain't gonna get up to you, so you won't receive it. Or if you have guilt, what is that? You're actually in the law because there's no condemnation in Christ. So guilt is not of God, and that will definitely stop your healing. And then fear, which is where the enemy loves to dwell, and that's gonna stop your healing from coming forth. So we must be bold in our authority in Christ. If we miss it, we miss it. You know, you can walk in authority and you may miss it. Okay, you miss it, but we must stay in faith because it's a muscle. You got to exercise. We must, be, we must believe and build this muscle of faith at the same time. We have this authority, but it's, remember, uh, what, what is that? Ephesians 2 and 8, that we are saved by grace through faith. So we have this healing. We have everything that we need, right? But we have to also have faith. So now that we understand this authority that we have, now we have to build our faith. We have to build it. And faith comes by hearing, hearing the word of God. So it all works.
works together. So Christ did his part. Now it's our turn. And this is how we build the kingdom and glorify God. This is how we do it, by walking in our authority, by knowing I have authority and having that faith to speak, to cast out, to call forth. And I didn't get a chance to talk about this last week, um, but I know I can never see my last note. We cannot be afraid of failure. Yes, we cannot be afraid of failure at all. Like you just can't. Uh, you gotta, You gotta have your authority and you keep trying and keep trying, don't give up. But when I was talking about the other side of speaking and praying, um, you know, calling things forth. I remember I was in my prayer time and I just, I heard God say, call things forth. Like I was, I was doing what I taught y'all last week. I was speaking, you know, and we made that very clear how to speak, how to speak to your mountain. But then the Lord said, now call things forth. And so I'm like, in the name of Jesus, I call forth peace. And in the name of Jesus, I call forth joy because I had to call these things. I already have them, but I need to call them forth. They're in me, just like healing. Healing is in you. You call it forth. So yeah, you cast things out, but you also got to call things forth. Jesus uh, with the um, this, the father who, who said, Lord, I believe, help my unbelief. He said this kind in one trans in one book, he says this kind goeth by. And then he says another uh, this kind come forth. So you want healing commanded in the name of Jesus by the authority that you have to come forth. You need joy in the name of Jesus. You command that joy to come forth. You need peace in the name of Jesus. You command peace to come forth because you already have it. Don't look for it out there. Don't look for it in other people. Don't look for it in wherever else you may. Don't look for it in food, right? Look for it in you because Christ is in you. Galatians 2.20. It is no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives in me. He's in us. So we call it forth. And that is how you use your authority. So again, headache tries to pop up in the name of Jesus. Headache, I command you to go right now in the name of Jesus. I cast you into the sea. Again, read, read Mark, read how Jesus spoke to that fig tree, cursed it at the root. Know that when you pray, that you shall receive and it's done. Know that. And then what? You call forth the thing that you need. Call forth. Command fear to go and call forth peace. Command sadness to go and depression. Call forth joy. Command fear to go and call forth love. The love of God is already in you. So if you are ever wondering, will I ever experience God's love fully? Will I ever know? Yes. Because God, your body is on earth and he gave you the authority. And that's why the enemy is after your, uh, your health. That's the battle. He's after, he's after your faith, but he's after your, your health. The reason why he attacks us in the area of our health, because he's trying to kill us. Because that's like, oh, that's another Christian out. So that's another person that don't have authority on the earth. Well, no, <laughs> we cannot allow it. Don't you dare sit there and let the devil do that to you. Do not. That is not his place. You have authority over him. He hates that I'm telling you this. Okay. He hates it. But you know what? I'm not going to lie. And I wanted to share this testimony as I close. So. For some of you, you may know, my husband and I, we used to lead worship. We like 
we don't really do it much anymore. You know, we, we sing occasionally around the house and we, we leave, well, we leave worship with our children, which is my favorite thing to do now. Um, but, uh, so we would get these opportunities like a few years ago before COVID, before COVID, we were leaving, well, we were living in Georgia. So we led worship a lot in Georgia. We got asked to sing different places. And then when we lived in Cincinnati, we would lead worship every single time we got an opportunity to lead worship. Jeff, you know what would happen. My voice would get attacked. It would get attacked. When we did our album, like we have an album called Follow Jesus. This is a shameless plug, but we do have an album called Follow Jesus. So if you want to listen to it, the only reason why I'm telling you, because I have heard testimony after testimony, and even Legina has that testimony as well. That it's so good. It's <laughs> such a blessing. I'm taking over. It, it will bless your entire life. Listen to Follow Jesus. It will bless your entire life. Okay, go ahead, Tia. Thank you, Regina. <laughs> but I have had uh, uh, women who were walking through cancer and different things. They share with me how that album got ministered to them as they were walking through uh, their healing. And what's interesting is years ago, before we did that album, people used to come up to me and tell me, you are anointed in the area of healing. And so I was like, oh, wow. And I didn't know what that meant. I know now. But so every time I got asked to sing, and when we did that album, when we were about literally the day before we were going into the studio to do that album, I lost my voice. I went to the doctor, found out I had bronchitis and I could not talk. And I'm thinking we got thousands of dollars. Like we had a big budget for this thing. We had people flying in to do the, the do the backgrounds with us. And I mean, people were coming to the, and coming into the studio and it was, so they did their part. It was my turn. It was our turn. And we had the slot, right? We had to get it done. And I got bronchitis. And that was not just the first time, but that was kind of the, the enemy's MO. He would, and, and that, I, I started to give into it. It's, I started to expect it. I used to be like, oh, yeah, here we go again. Here we go again. You know, and, and that day, we stopped. I remember we were on our way. We were recording in Kentucky. I stopped at the Chick-fil-A at Newport. Um, and we got, I got a sandwich. I ate the sandwich. I got in that booth and my voice opened up and I was singing in ranges that I have never sang before. Like, oh my, there's a song called Forever Loved on a good day. On a good day. I can't really sing that song. On that day, I sang that song. And it was like, and I didn't know. I didn't understand what I know now. But I know in that moment that I did get in that booth and I had faith and I was like, I'm going to sing these songs. I've been waiting all my daggone life to do an album and daggone it, I'm going to do it. Like, I, that's kind of what was in me. And it came out. And it wasn't, yes, it was God. It was, it was God, uh, God's anointing, but it was the anointing that was already in me in Christ. I already had it. But I was walking in authority, didn't even know it. Fast forward every single time. I'm not exaggerating. Every single time we sing, that was the thing. And I kind of just got used to it. Then this year, I start teaching Bible study. And there was one Bible study. Thank God all of y'all wasn't there. <laughs> it was only a few people on the line. My voice got attacked. Like I started coughing so bad that Jeff had to take over. And I'm in the bathroom and I'm like, what is going on? My mom was there, my kids were there and they're just like, what is happening? And I had, what, what was happening? I had given conscious to how the enemy works. 
I said all these years, I know what he does. I know that when I speak, I know that when I sing, he's going to attack my voice. Remember what we talked about. When you are sickness conscious, you empower sickness. When you're devil conscious, you empower the devil. Well, this time, because I was putting my face in his word and I'm reading, I'm like, oh my gosh, this authority is so good. I was like, devil, you ain't going to do nothing to me. You ain't going to do nothing to me. I had an interview today. I spoke for a whole hour, not a near cough. I'm on this line, not a near cough. Ain't nothing happened to my voice because I closed that door. And he was giving, I, well, I was giving him access to that door every single time because there was a little bit of fear in there because it was like, oh no, okay, I'm speaking or I'm singing. He's going to come, da, da, da. What am I doing? I'm empowering him. But now that I know he can't do nothing to me, he can't touch me. I have the authority to preach the gospel and teaching healing is preaching the gospel. What Jesus, what did he do? He healed the sick. He preached the gospel. If you read through the gospels, you will see those two together side by side. He, it wasn't just enough for people to just be saved. He wanted them healed. Why? Because what good are you if you laying on the bed and you can't do nothing and you're coughing and your nose running and you can't be around nobody? What good are you? That's, that's what he wants us to do. So I closed that door and I'm telling y'all, I'm going to keep it closed. I'm going to keep it closed because I'm sick of him, right? And I gave him that. I, I gave him that access. That was an inroad. So if there's anything in your life that you see this pattern, know that you have the authority to stop the pattern. You have that authority. He can no longer go forward. And Again, it's a muscle. It has to be with faith. You have to, you have to practice it. You got to practice speaking to your sickness. You got to practice calling the things forth that you want to see in your life. You got to practice walking in authority. But I promise you, you do this and it's going to change everything. It's going to change everything.